everyone, and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all the all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks respectively throughout their season as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. What's up, all you cock and balls, and welcome to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. I am forever to the Gamecock, Brian Lowe, and joining me, as always, is all ball Tyler McDaniel, T-Mac. What is going on, buddy? Well, not a lot, not a lot. We're still snowed in. We're iced in. Some of the back roads are still bad, but, you know, we have got NFL playoffs going on, and a lot to talk about in that aspect, so... For sure. Um, as far as uh, some content to be able to put on the Studio 66 uh, Facebook and or Instagram, I think I'm going to go ahead and send you uh, some photos of what my area, uh, what my little portion of, of mm. East Tennessee is looking like right now. Uh, and that could, of course, be used for uh, both Between Two Barrels and Cocky Top. But yeah, uh, you are very right in the fact that of course, college football has has come to a, a conclusion in terms of the 2023-2024 uh, season. We have definitely moved on to the 24-25 season. Uh, we do have a few things that we're going to talk about college ball a little bit later on. Uh, the portal's still active, of course. Uh, major news in the fact since the last time we talked to you um, that there have been some massive coaching changes, not only in the world of professional football, uh, but definitely the world of college football and the news that uh, Nick Saban has decided to retire. Um, this is definitely old news by this point because it was actually announced uh, the day that we recorded last week, so it didn't yeah. get put on last week's episode. Um, but the news came out about his retirement. By the time you're listening to this, uh, Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer has accepted the head coaching job uh, after names like, of course, uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, Dabo Sweeney, two names that are uh, forever ingrained into the minds of both uh, volunteer and Gamecock fans alike, uh, decided that they were not going to be taking that job. Uh, Deion Sanders at one point in time was linked to potentially getting that job as well as several other coaches, but of course the name finally winds up on Kalen DeBoer as taking that head job. But before we get into too much more sports talk, I want to let you know about uh, our main sponsor, of course, Tennessee Legend Distillery. Um, they finally are open back up as we are recording this today uh, on Wednesday. Um, they will be opening from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. today. Uh, we have been closed Monday and Tuesday this week, hopefully uh, Wednesday and Thursday, everything will be open a little bit more toward normal hours. Uh, if you are in East Tennessee, of course, we've had uh, some of the heaviest amounts of snow that we've seen in this area for quite some time. Me being over in Knox County now, as opposed to Sevier County, I definitely experienced more snowfall over here than we have in the past, or than I have in the past. So getting in and out has definitely proven to be a bit more of a task uh, this go-around than it has been before. 
but um, Newport locations open today. Uh, Winfield Dunn locations open today. Cokeville locations open today, but unfortunately, our Nashville location still closed up. But to be able to keep up with any and all uh, closings, openings, adjusted hours, anything like that, just make sure and follow us uh, or follow them over on the Tennessee Legend Distillery uh, Facebook, Instagram pages. You'll be able to keep up with all that information there. Um, this time of year, of course, with anything local, uh, most everything's closed up anyway. And because of the recent weather, um, that is pretty much the same. Everything is closed up right now. If it is a non-essential business, for the most part, it is closed. Uh, we are semi-essential, but we're also a privately owned business. So we kind of toe the line, as it were, uh, in multiple facets, uh, whenever it comes to our particular business. Um, but we are definitely open back up um, and operational, if not, but for a, a shortened day. Uh, but back into the world of football, like I said, uh, or like you said, honestly, uh, we are now into the uh, actual first round of the playoffs, uh, the divisional round. We just finished up with wild card weekend, which was indeed wild, uh, very aptly named. Uh, some scores and some of those that we definitely did not see coming out or going into those games uh, for sure. Uh, but coming out of them, uh, definitely a surprise. Uh, one of my biggest ones was the Buccaneers-Eagles, the Monday night game. That one was just crazy. Uh, and then as well, the uh, Bills-Steelers. Uh, While I didn't expect the Steelers to win, I didn't expect it to be that much of a, a I don't want to say full-on throttling, but it, it definitely definitely was was more of a uh, one-sided game than, than what I had anticipated going into that one. But I guess the the real news coming out of that one could be uh, billed as uh, Tomlin's reaction uh, to the first question in the post-game interview <laughs> from that game um, to where he, uh, they mentioned, so you're in your Final year of your contract, and he just turned around and walked off stage. Do you ever think that, like, do you think he'll get fined for that? Well, I'm sure he probably will in some capacity. Um, but some of the fines that are being handed out by the NFL um, are are almost like some of these fines that are being imposed by the NCAA at this point, honestly. So part of me thinks that he shouldn't. Actually, a lot of me thinks he shouldn't. Like, opening up with that question, like, I get they're doing their job as interviewers and the media but, uh, and all that. But, dude, really? But, right, like, I just went 17 seasons in a row with having a winning season. I've won a Super Bowl. I've done all of these different things. I've made it to the playoffs however many times in this many seasons. And the first thing that you're going to come at me with is, so you're in the final year of your contract. Yeah. And I guess I could see where, you know, where that would, would definitely rub somebody the right way or the, the right way, the yeah. wrong way, rub somebody the wrong way. 
um, and, and have that type of reaction. Uh, I probably so, yeah. would have the uh, same reaction. Like, shoot. I don't know if I'd walk off. I think I'd be like, seriously, man? Like, can y'all like, say that I'll, for the I'll last question? question? But yeah, can we can we do that later, John? So, but no, especially after uh, uh, a loss of yeah. any kind, but but that type of a, a a loss after having come back toward the end of the season as as strong as they did because they were dead in the water going through multiple QBs, finally landed on you know Mason Rudolph to be able to help them through that final stretch and stuff like that. Uh, and then, of course, to fall short. I mean, definitely emotions were running high. Uh, could it have been handled? Should it have been handled in a different way, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, definitely not not a, a opening round, first yeah. fire question, uh, for sure. And one yeah. of the ones that I thought was another really fun game and very surprising uh, is that, that the, the Flacco Magic, like I mean, I guess he he just ran out of gas, man, and was ready to go sit back down on the couch because final score of forty-five to fourteen. I mean, the Texans were like, "No, we're we're probably going to be going at least another round." They wind up drawing the Ravens. I, I, that one's going to be a tough game, yeah. and I think it's going to be a situation with that one is that if they wind up pulling out. If there's by any capacity they can wind up pulling out the victory, I think they're going to have emptied the tanks to take out the Ravens if they're able to. And if that's the case, then more than likely, uh, let's see, if they were to win, who would they wind up taking on? Uh, the winner of the Bills. Bills. Yeah, so that means they probably wind up taking on the Bills just because I don't think the Chiefs have got anything left after this one. No, not offensively. Um, I mean, they have a good defense, but and we say that defense wins championships, but you can't, you can't, you can't ride on defense throughout the entire playoffs. Right. You have to score. Right. For sure. And and I say if if I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to do it. I think the Bills, uh, Josh Allen is riding such a high right now that they're going to actually be able to get it done against the Chiefs. And it'll likely, if it does come down to uh, if the Texans are able to beat the Ravens, then you're going to wind up seeing a a very very uh, uh, intense Bills team likely going to be taking on the 49ers, whereas I think the the 49ers have the easier path right now in terms of to the, the Super Bowl than the Ravens do. Ravens definitely have more of a chance in my eyes of uh, missing the play or missing the Super Bowl than than the uh, Niners do, and that's not because I'm a, a, a Niners biased. I, I am, yeah. of course, a, a, a more of a Niners fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, looking at how things would play out, I think it's definitely a little bit harder to get. Um, if the 49ers can make it past the Packers uh, on this first or on this divisional round, 
as and they should have no problem uh, being able to take care of either the Bucks or the Lions in the next one. So um, we'll see how it shakes out. But the the unfortunate, I guess, at least for you, speaking of the Packers, uh, yeah, that hefty sigh um, wound up coming off of this weekend, of course. Uh, your beloved Cowboys getting mm. eliminated once again from the playoffs. Uh, one of my favorite graphics, I guess you could say, uh, cycling is the you are here and the life cycle of a Cowboys fan as the choke in the playoffs. And then, what is it, preseason? Mm. Is the, or uh, uh, camp. This is, is our year. The, the next. Yeah. Yeah, the, the this is our year. Uh, this is our year. Madness. And then someone else, I mean, uh, the potential for McCarthy to wind up being out, not McCarthy. Um, uh, does something get done with Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator, which I don't think that should be the case because the Cowboys did fantastic on defense and at times did fantastic on offense, but for whatever reason just could not maintain specifically against, I guess, what would be considered higher caliber. You know what's crazy? Cohesion. I guess I think there's a a, Dak Prescott has the same amount of playoff wins as Tony Romo and Cowboy fans said Romo sucked. So, right. If you do the math, I guess Dak sucks. I mean, two weeks ago (laughs) we were saying that this is Dak's year and he was putting up the best numbers and he's in the running for MVP. And (laughs) so I'm like, so what do you, what do you do now? Do you say like, right? Yeah, Dak does suck. We need to find a quarterback, or do you still stick with him because you're paying him? Right. I think that that's what's going to happen right now is that they're going to stick with Dak. Um, Jerry is going to wind up making some changes. Um, what, of course, he thinks is going to be the right changes. I don't know if that's going to be the case, um, but. After Jason Garrett, you moved on from Jason Garrett, then went to uh, uh, Mike McCarthy. Who who do you wind up trying to come into Dallas at this point that's going to be able to to take them beyond that? Anybody who has won a Super Bowl for the most part as a, a, a head coach in the NFL ranks has retired or is about to retire at this point. The, the only one who had the only one in recent memory who has won a Super Bowl that's not is McVay with the Rams, and they just wound up losing to the Lions. Or do you do you so, make I mean, a uh, or do you make a uh, a crazy move and say that you are making an investment? And you go out and get McDaniel since he's oh, to pull him out of uh, Miami. Since he's a young they, gun, I don't think they're going to pull him out of Miami. He was miserable at that game, at that Dolphins-Chiefs game. He is perfectly at home being able to sit on the sidelines or stand on the sidelines in a uh, pair of shorts or to be able to have the sweats with the one pants leg pulled up, have a hoodie and sunglasses and stuff like that on, dude. As long as he keeps doing what he's doing in Miami and be able to get him into the the playoffs for the next few years, he's going to be fine. And if he gets past the wild card and actually gets into a full-fledged divisional round or something like that, 
yeah. uh, then, then he's he's set for a little while. Um, but something that you mentioned uh, as we were going into this last couple of minutes um, made me think of something. When you were talking about the fans, uh, the the uh, transitive property, you know, this team beat this team, and then this team beat this team, so this team should be able to beat this team with no problem. You've heard of girl math, and you've heard of dog math. Fan math? This is fan math. <laughs> yes. So uh, I don't know that anybody else has, has coined that just yet, so maybe we have become innovators uh, of labeling it as, as fan math. I mean, but simply the transitive property. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, to, to mention probably what would be, in my opinion, uh, one of the most fun games and, of course, uh, nail-biting going all the way down to the the wire uh, and then the, the off-the-field stuff with the fact of it being uh, Matthew Stafford who had gone from the Lions to the Rams and then the Rams having had Jared Goff, and then Goff wind up being picked up or thrown by the wayside uh, to bring in Stafford by the Rams, winds up on the Lions team. Uh, so it's like the each team taking the other sloppy second, so to speak, uh, and then seeing how far they could wind up going. Um, the Rams haven't already won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, uh, but he also had a dream team of receivers available, uh, and Aaron Donald was a little bit more either in his prime or was on plenty enough steroids to make sure that he could continue performing at a high, you know, peak level. Um, but now that doesn't seem to be the case, either that or people have been able to game plan uh, a lot more effectively for Aaron Donald. They've just kind of fallen off. But coming down to the wire, of course, and then being able to uh, get a good defensive stop and, and take a knee on it, the, the Lions getting the victory over the Rams. In this hey, one, who else was happy? Uh, uh, was the rap god, fun. Eminem. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if he actually cracked a little bit of a smile or not, but I know that he was there and he did the intro for the game. Yeah. Uh, so that was actually... Uh, pretty cool. Um, and like I said, one of my favorite uh, uh, games from this wild card slate of games. So, yeah. But next up is the uh, the divisional round. Um, like I said, we've got the Packers at the 49ers, Texans at Ravens, Buccaneers at Lions, uh, and Chiefs at the Bills. So, um, of course, you know I'm going with the 49ers over the Packers. Uh, what's your thought on this one? I can't stand the Packers, man. Even past being a Cowboys fan, and it always seeming to be so, them the last 20 years, them or Seattle that's put us out of playoffs. Just, I, I, I didn't like – I've just never liked the Cheeseheads. Like, even as a kid, I never became a Packers fan. And maybe it's also because my ex-wife was a Packer, Packers fan. So, um, right. You've got multiple reasons. I got well, a lot of reasons. Jump, jumping back into that game real quick. Um, it's funny. Uh, I didn't share this with you, but a family chat, uh, that I've got 
the family I'm married into is an Iowa family, and there, uh, most all of them are Bears fans. But there's a, a couple of outliers, and one of the family members, aunt-in-law, uh, my mother-in-law's one of my mother-in-law's sisters, happens to be a Cowboys fan herself, and I uh, sent a message to check on her, see how everything was going. And I said in the message, I said, as a uh, inherent Bears fan, uh, it's hard for me, or uh, as an inherent Bears fan, as well as someone who just doesn't like the Cowboys, it's very difficult for me to figure out who to root for in this game, <laughs> just because of the fact that uh, as on the Bears side, I can't bring myself to pull for the the Packers, but I also want to. <laughs> Boys to lose, so I, I I don't know how to feel uh, about this game, but yeah, unfortunately, like I said, Packers did get the dub, but uh, I'm sure you're in agreement with me that you'd like to see the 49ers do nothing yes. more than to completely mop the floor, damage uh, them with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> break uh, next up, them break them. Uh, Texans Ravens. I hope the Texans are able to do it, but like I say, my thoughts. Is this going to be a situation to where they're going to completely empty the tank if they are to take down the Ravens? Like it's going to take everything that they've got, and they won't have anything left for either the the Bills or the Chiefs. Yeah, see, that's that's the problem. Is is you got to think about gas in the tank at this point, getting through these playoffs because it's kind of like a video game. You know, each boss is going to get harder until you get to the final boss. Like if you if you were to just go into like a series of boss battles, you've got so many health potions and so many move sets and blah blah blah. Um, you got to think about gas in the tank, your preserves, health, injuries, stuff like that that may accumulate during a game. And, uh, I just don't think, even if the Texans were to beat the Ravens, which the Ravens are are a juggernaut team this year. I don't think they have the gas left in the tank after that game to go any further. Sadly for them. And I would say the same thing in the NFC. Right. So, yeah. Gut tells me Ravens are going to win it. Uh, brain tells me Ravens are going to win it. But I would love to see for the Texans to pull it out. Baker Mayfield, man, uh, able to lead the Browns to a playoff win. Uh, able to lead the Buccaneers to a playoff win and is just cast aside by almost every team that he's been on up until this point. But the folks down in Tampa Bay have have taken a liking to him, and he's mm-hmm. possibly going to stay there uh, for at least another season unless he falls flat on his face this next year. But we'll see if maturity has, has hung around with him. But I rode the Lions, Jared Goff, specifically Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, and a few of the other Lions players, including their defense, to two first place finishes in fantasy football. So I'm going to go with the Lions in this one to take care of business, uh, especially since they're going to be back in Detroit having home field advantage for this yeah. one. I don't know how well people uh, or Tampa Bay is going to be able to travel to the Motor City. Uh, so give me the Lions in this one to wind up making it to the next round. And if that's the case, they're more than likely going to have to wind up taking on the 49ers. And that one is going to be a hell of a battle. Um, if the Buccaneers do wind up taking the victory, uh, that, of course, will be a definitely an easier 
past for the 49ers to be able to get there. But something I just noticed that there is the possibility of happening. Uh, if we go off of Aaron Rodgers' recent uh, claim about the logos yeah. for the uh, Super Bowl, and if that's the case, you know the Buccaneers' colors are very similar to the 49ers' colors. So there is the possibility that all be the Ravens could be the, the other, the opposite color. That red could be either the 49ers or the Buccaneers. That's true. But with the way it's set up, I see the Lions as more of a complete team than what the Buccaneers are. Uh, you do have some decent uh, production, but it's literally Baker Mayfield, Rashad White, and Mike Evans. Whereas uh, on the Lions side, you've got St. Brown, Jared Goff, David Montgomery, Jamias Williams. Like, There's just so many more offensive weapons available on the Lions side than the Buccaneers that I feel like the Lions uh, are definitely going to be able to get it done. Not to mention Dan Campbell, <laughs> the freaking head coach. Like, he'd probably be in a situation where he'd, like, just take off your pads, everything, helmet, give them to me. I'm going out there and take care of business. I think Lions over Buccaneers. What do you think? You know, uh, I've never really hated the Lions. Never really had much of a reason to. They've never really, like, been a thorn in my side. I mean, they've beaten the Cowboys a few times. As a Cowboys fan, I guess I'm supposed to dislike them, but... You know, they've always been, in my mind, you know, one of those underdog teams in probably the last 20 years, especially that 0-16 year. Ugh. Oh, man, it's a situation where they, I mean, they're talking about it. This is their first playoff game in over 30 years, 30 four years. years or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, give me the Lions, man. I I, I, I love Eminem. I've, I've always loved, been an Eminem fan. So, you know, if he's, if he's a, a Lions fan, then I. If the rap god's on their on their side, then you know I guess I guess I'm going to be a, a Lions fan for that game. Last but not least, uh, and this is one that both teams are 11 and six coming into this one. Uh, the game is going to be in Buffalo, uh, and as we saw for the, the yeah. last Bills game, um, they had, had or they were paying people twenty dollars an hour to come in and shovel the snow out of the walkways, off the stairways, and out of the seat aisleways, but did not do anything to clean out the actual seats themselves. Yeah. Um, anybody other than the box seats, you know, the climate controlled and everything else, anybody other than those, or your skyboxes or whatever, were basically general admission. And you just went in and you cleaned out wherever you wanted to sit. So, <laughs> you know, most people were, were going to a lot of the ground floor stuff first. And then we're going either up or down from there. Uh, but your your seats along the main concourse were definitely the first to fill up. And then people were filling in from there. But it was it was quite a packed house. Uh, surprisingly, considering the conditions and then the fact that people had to go. Uh, but one of my favorite things about any game that has snow is uh, anytime there is a, a touchdown, uh, snowballs wind up usually raining 
yeah. uh, either into the end zone or, or across the, the fans seating area just there in the stadium. Uh, and it's always fun. Uh, I remember it was a couple of years ago, one of the snow games, um, they had to make several announcements and basically got to the point where like, we're going to stop playing and the game will be canceled. If you do not quit throwing snowballs. I, I give me the bills. Okay. I, yeah. Um, I don't dislike the bills. I like the bills pretty good. I, I have not had any problems with the, the, the chiefs. Um, and nothing against uh, Travis and Taylor in any capacity. That's their thing. They do whatever. I don't care. Uh, I don't really think that it has a major impact in any capacity. Um, I know that there's some. I'm sure he's probably distracted and mm. not fully focused on football, but uh, that's kind of to be expected whenever you're with someone of that profile, but I don't think that either one of them have fully detracted from each other in any capacity. However, uh, Mahomes has become one of the whiniest yes. quarterbacks yes. in the entire league. Like, anytime anything happens in any capacity uh, and a flag is not thrown, they're popping up off the field with their arms opened up like, where's the flag? Where's the flag? Or making the flag throw in motion like you know throw the flag throw the flag and it's 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 getting old man uh it's he's it's almost like during during the time that that they did have a lot of calls seemingly go their way uh that there was a a spoiling in a sense yeah uh and now that that's not the case um some of the same actions uh were seen from a, a a one goat uh, Tom Brady uh, at one point in time, uh, especially in latter years um, there in New England. So uh, maybe there is some slight truth to the fact that, that referees have a little bit more influence than, than people, uh, certain people like to give give them credit for. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that is the world that is professional uh, football right now. Uh, of course, uh, in other news, in terms of actual sports going on right now, South Carolina men's uh, not faring too bad uh, as it stands. I do know that they wound up losing last night to Georgia, unfortunately. Uh, it was a closer score than you would think. Uh, final score, I believe, was uh, 75 to 69. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm not finding it right now. Uh, probably because they're not ranked in the top five. Possibly. However, the uh, baseball rankings came out, and I do know that uh, South Carolina is ranked in the uh, top 25 in uh, baseball. Yes, the final score was 74 to 69, and Tennessee beat Florida. Uh, Tennessee ranked number six right now in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the win. Final score eighty-five to sixty-six. Uh, Tennessee men right now sitting at thirteen and four on the season, while the men's Gamecocks are sitting at fourteen and three on the season. Their losses so far being to Georgia, Alabama. I forgot who the other loss was to. Uh, but Tennessee, like I said, thirteen and four currently on the season. Yeah. yeah now over good. on the women's 
side of things. Last game was, believe it or not, South Carolina playing Kentucky, and it's kind of odd to hear, but because it's on the women's side, men's basketball in Kentucky has been more reverent, mm-hmm. of course, than women's basketball, but it's kind of difficult to hear whenever you hear of a blowout victory over a Kentucky basketball team of any capacity. Uh, but South Carolina women's basketball downs Kentucky women's basketball with a final score of 98-36. to 36. Tennessee is, their next game is against Vanderbilt on the 21st, and they last played Texas A&M and unfortunately lost 71-56. to 56. Uh, Tennessee women's basketball, the Lady Rawls are currently at 10-6 and 6 on the season, and Gamecocks women's basketball is currently sitting at 14-0 on the season. The team to beat. Did you see any kind of ranking for... Uh, Tennessee men's baseball? Uh, I didn't see any of uh, the baseball rankings yet. I know there's no reason that we shouldn't be high after the last few seasons. Tennessee is is finally, I believe, kind of like one of the things that that you you pride South Carolina on is being a well-balanced school. Of not just you know education, but also like well balanced in athletics. Like yeah, that football is God in this country, you know as as we oh, as we've sure. said multiple times. But in its accomplishments, South Carolina is a well balanced athletics team in all sports, and I think Tennessee's finally getting to that point. Oh, yeah. Are a well balanced school to where. Okay, you know, football's not doing too well. That's great. That's that's that that happens, you know, but our basketball, baseball, cross country and track are doing great. You know, so I I like it being at a point of, of being well balanced as opposed to just being a specific school. Like when like and I think that that's why, you know, Calipari and uh Stoops, you know, are uh all those those disagreements amongst coaches and all that happiness because you don't want to be a one sports school. You you don't want to be called that. So for sure. So I think I think I'm, um, I'm liking the fact that Tennessee's at a, a a more balanced athletic space right now. Friday, February the sixteenth will be opening day for college baseball. Wow. Uh, earlier and earlier two, these days. <laughs> yeah. Florida is ranked at number two. Uh, Wake Forest is number one. Uh, LSU at number four. Arkansas at number three. Alabama at 19. Vanderbilt at six. Texas A&M at eight. Tennessee at number nine. And South Carolina at 25. So a decent amount of SEC schools ranked in the top 25 in baseball going into this next season. But one of the last things that we're going to talk about uh, before we get out of here today uh, on Cocky Top, of course, is the continuation uh, of things happening in the transfer portal. I know that Tennessee recently picked up a uh, uh, massive tight end pickup yes. uh, out of the transfer portal. Uh, South Carolina has definitely been on another tear as of late, picking up people out of the transfer portal. Um Gonna pull have up we, the. Have we more. seen an influx in Bama players entering since 
the announcement of the retirement or Washington players entering since that coach is going to Bama? I'm actually going to wind up looking at that just to, to verify, to see. Um, but as far as right now, the top 10. All right. As far as um, 2024 transfer football team rankings right now, in a surprising move, uh, Texas A&M with 23 commits takes the number one overall spot away from Ole Miss. Uh, Ole, Miss does, Ole Miss does slide down to number two. Uh, Florida State coming in at number three. Louisville at number four. Colorado, number five. Oregon, number six. South Carolina in at number seven. Uh, Texas at number eight. NC State at number nine. And Southern Cal at number 10. Continuing on real quick, uh, TCU 11, Kentucky 12, Purdue 13, which is kind of strange that Purdue has the 13th ranked transfer portal class in the country. That's weird. Wisconsin at 14, Mizzou at 15, Indiana 16, Arizona State at 17, Syracuse at 18, Michigan State at 19, Cal at 20, UCF 21, Houston 22, Georgia with six commitments at number 23, Arkansas with 13 at 24, and Oklahoma at number 25 with 10. Tennessee is behind Vanderbilt, oddly enough. Vanderbilt coming in at number 35 with 11 commits, one four-star and three nine-stars. And Tennessee has dropped to number 41 with uh, six total commits listed thus far three three-stars, and three four-stars. I know that 24-7 sports has not gotten everybody listed just yet, um, just because I know that there is... Actually, I do think that they've got them updated to the most recently. They were updated 30 minutes ago, so as of 30 minutes ago, they do have the most updated uh, listings for everybody in. South Carolina is sitting there with 20 incoming transfers, and 22 outgoing, but the average incoming far surpasses uh, the average outgoing. So it looks to be a significant increase in talent coming in for the Gamecocks with multiple offensive linemen coming in, interior offensive linemen. So they're definitely trying to sure up the uh, line this year for the Gamecocks, which was definitely a, uh, a weak point last year. Um, Edge Gilbert Edmund, who had transferred out of the Gamecocks and played last year at Florida State, is coming back to the Gamecocks for his final year of eligibility. Hey. Uh, of course, like I said, we also had uh, defensive lineman Monkel Goodwine uh, transfer from out of Alabama to the Gamecocks. Uh, some more wide receivers, a couple of linebackers. We finally got a uh, backup quarterback out of the transfer portal to be able to help the uh, quarterback room depth. And quarterback Robbie Ashford, if that name sounds familiar, he originally committed and played for Oregon, then transferred to uh, Auburn. And since pretty much the entire Auburn staff has been white clean, except for Hugh Freeze, he has decided to leave Auburn and has signed with the Gamecocks for his final years of eligibility. Uh, to help try to drive um, presumed starter Lenore Sellers for the Gamecocks. Old Rex Bex himself. Uh, but yeah, uh, also the uh, pickup of Raheem Sanders, uh, 
major running back uh, from Arkansas, and South Carolina actually got the running backs coach that helped propel Rocket Sanders uh, to his heights. Um, mm-hmm. And we also got another great uh, recruiter and uh, tight ends coach from Texas A&M uh, picked up recently. Uh, so pretty much all positions for the Gamecocks at this point in terms of coaching staff as well as uh, player or team needs, uh, spots or team needs have been addressed uh, and been addressed uh, rather convincingly thus far. So I'm definitely excited to see what's going to be coming uh, of the 2024-2025 season. Um, looking over at the volunteers real quick, in terms of uh, outgoing versus incoming. Uh, I don't think that there was a lot of players who had traded away or who had decided to leave. Um, mm-hmm. As it stands right now, just showing 12 outgoing and 6 incoming. Mm-hmm. Um, so a majority of people deciding to stay with the program, and honestly, for the most part, it seems like it's mostly been uh, people who just did not see a whole lot of playing time. Um, with the exception or, uh, you know, names that you never really heard, uh, with the exception of maybe one or two of the players. Uh, and then most of them, for the most part, have seemingly transferred to perceived lesser schools uh, than Tennessee. So uh, another situation where, at least in my eyes, uh, even as a Gamecock, it seems like Tennessee has has done for the better uh, in terms of the transfer portal. Yeah. I think it's a good sign when you don't have a lot of people leave. Um, it means that they believe in the program, believe in the coach. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I said in the last couple episodes, uh, he's not a transfer portal coach by the sound of it. But, you know, there's there's pros and cons mentality to that i guess um I, I'm, I'm excited about the tight end get from alabama um that's big for us considering we didn't have a tight end uh right just a week ago we didn't have anyone filling the tight end position that wasn't like an incoming freshman so <laughs> at least we have one so far um so I, well, one I'm thing excited. I didn't think about until uh, just a few minutes ago um, is the fact that at least you get forward or get the opportunity to look forward in the fact that Brew McCoy uh, is coming back. Coming back, yeah, yeah. After having yeah. A, a rather gnarly uh, leg injury earlier in the season, I know there was a lot of high hopes for him, uh, considering the fact that. Uh, uh, he was going to be doing the donation of the uh, uh, AED devices. Yeah, for, the, uh, for every touchdown. Uh, I think uh, Emiliava had a lot to do with that. Yeah. By the sound of it, he, he wrote a letter personally to him and saying, I want you as a receiver next year. Right. You, know, you didn't get your chance this year to show off. I want to make it right. Right. So it's exciting. It's very exciting for Vol fans. <laughs> uh, so for the last 10 minutes, um, and before we take a break, because we actually have a, a company meeting scheduled today, uh, one of our first ones for the year, um, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to take the last few minutes and, and talk about, of course, Saban leaving. Uh, uh, Bill Belichick is no longer uh, coach of the, the Patriots. Yeah. And uh, um, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, the Seahawks coach. Oh, Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll uh, being let go, basically. Uh, still part of the organization, but relieved of his head, uh, duties as the head coach of the team. Um, you just saw a massive, uh, uh, just like exodus, yeah, of, of names that we have seen in in pretty much a majority of our lifetime on the sidelines at either the collegiate or professional ranks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I remember in my lifetime such a mass exodus in in college and pro football, coach wise. Um, I think that it's 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 going to look different next year. It's definitely, and I think it's definitely going to feel different. And I think one of those big, the three big names. You know, I mean, next season you are not going to have Pete Carroll at Seattle on the sidelines, Bill Belichick on the sidelines of New England. And you're not going to have Nick Saban on the sidelines. Yeah, I think the tide. More than, yeah, more than Belichick or more than you know Pete Carroll. The fact that Nick Saban, like you say, is not going to be on the sidelines for the Crimson Tide this next season is is going to to carry with it such a, a massive impact. Now, albeit Kalen DeBoer just went on an almost undefeated season. Yeah. As the head coach of Washington, um, knowing that Alabama would not be able to pry Harbaugh away from Michigan, the only place that Harbaugh would be going beyond Michigan would be to the NFL. Yeah, not since uh, yeah, not since they, winning a national championship. Yeah, they they of course decided to go with the next best thing, the the second runner up or the runner up, as it were. Uh, for the national championship to replace Nick Saban. Um, we'll learn in time if that was the best decision or not. But rapid reaction, give me what you think will be Alabama's record at the end of the 2024-2025 season. What are you predicting with not having Nick Saban? Different style of football. West Coast football is a different style than SEC. It's a different environment. And if you haven't seen, it's more than likely a situation where he's going to have a bulk of the Washington coaches following him. Yeah. I think they lose three games next year. And so regular season, you're saying nine and three? Yeah. Regular season, nine and three. They lose to which, which which in the new system of playoffs could potentially still have them in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um I think they lose to us again in Neyland. I think yeah, they... that'll be a, a, a first time environment for a, a coach of his stature. Yeah. Coming into into an SEC football environment right like Neyland. See that's the thing is is this guy is going to in his first year 
be in Neyland. He's going to be baptized. And I think he's also going to be in between the hedges. And those are two rowdy environments. And I'm pretty sure he's coming to you all, isn't he? Or are you all going to... I'll have to double check, but I think that's an away game for us. Okay, because I, I would say Willie B's tough on first a first-year coach coming from the West Coast. Yeah, uh, I think we have um, LSU at home. Okay. And that's another thing is he'll he'll also be playing people like LSU and Auburn and like oh yeah you've got the Iron Bowl your first year you know. They're not going to suspend the Iron Bowl. They're like, ah, he's a no. first-year coach. We're not going to let him play Auburn. We're not no. going to do that one. You're going right into that tradition. You're going right into the third weekend of October. You're going right into, you know, you're about to see what it, a different universe of football Let's and see. fandom. Uh, Alabama game is at Alabama, so we're going to Tuscaloosa for that one. Well, lucky him. Uh, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, uh, we have Alabama, and then we go to uh, Norman, Oklahoma. And some some person in their infinite wisdom in South Carolina scheduling decided that we were going to have Texas A&M as our homecoming game. Oh, cool. <laughs> and then we have Vanderbilt after that in Vanderbilt, and then we come back home to have Missouri. Yeah, the the South Carolina schedule is rather brutal. Tennessee has a fairly manageable schedule. Uh, we play Old Dominion opener, then travel Trucking to Kentucky. <laughs> right. Uh, I'd rather them play against a bunch of trucks to maybe you know prepare them for what they're going to be facing the rest of the season. Uh, then we go to Kentucky week two. Week three is versus LSU at home. Uh, we play the Akron Zips at home, uh, which is listed as Family Weekend. Uh, Lane Kiffin and the Lane Train comes to town to take on the Shane Train uh, October 5th. Then we travel to Alabama, then Oklahoma, back home for Texas A&M. Uh, home for Vanderbilt, home for Missouri, home for Wofford. And then we have to travel to the fake Death Valley uh, to take on Clemson. So yeah, a bit of a a, a brute, brute, brute schedule sketch there, bruh. <laughs> uh, the volunteers, pull those up here real quick. Uh, y'all kick off against Chattanooga, yeah, and then have uh NC State in Charlotte, uh Kentucky or Kent State at Oklahoma. So traveling to Norman for you guys. Uh, at Arkansas, home for Florida. Yeah. Uh, home for Alabama. Uh, home for Kentucky. Um, home for Mississippi State. Got to go to Georgia. Uh, have UTEP coming in. Uh, playing in Vandy. And that, of course, will finish up the schedule. So, yeah. Chattanooga. NC State and Charlotte, Kent State. Uh, so you've got two home games and basically two away games in the first month. Uh, then you've got at Arkansas and have Florida and Alabama at home before you have your second open date. Uh, and then you've got Kentucky and Mississippi State at home, go to Georgia, 
come back home for UTEP and then go to Bandy. So, yeah, uh, definitely a lot of fun stuff going on in the world of college football, um, world of professional football. We're inching ever so closer uh, to Super Bowl weekend. Of course, we've got divisional rounds this week. Next week will be uh, conference championships to decide who's going to wind up going where and all that good stuff. Uh, and then shortly after, of course, will be to the Super Bowl, uh, biggest yeah. watch party weekend of the year. Uh, and, of course, we'll be right there at Valentine's weekend. So um, we'll be having some awesome episodes of Between Two Barrels as well as some uh, fun episodes of the Cocky Top podcast at that point in time. And before too much longer after that, we'll actually be getting into spring workouts and everything else. Time is already flying. Uh, for the month of January, uh, yeah. even as much as time has almost come to a standstill the last few days with being yeah. snowed in, um, it's, it's you know, fluctuating both directions. So, yeah, in a paradox, just hopefully I don't wind up uh, having happen at any point in time, get stuck in a time loop. Um, oh, God. Uh, YouTube, uh, I can't remember which station was playing uh, Supernatural yesterday, and the uh, the Trickster's Time Loop episode came on. Where Dane I'm keeps dying. Yeah, I'm sitting there washing dishes, and the next thing I know, it's like, uh, this episode of Supernatural, and then it's like, heat of the moment, present shine, Sammy, and I'm like, oh my god. And Katie was back there doing some work, and I'm like, babe, it's your favorite episode or one of your favorite episodes of Supernatural. And she's like, uh, which one? Is it Picking a Poke? Picking a Poke. Of course not, I was Picking a Poke. That's a good one. But yeah, uh, great episode, that one, and the uh, one where um, uh, Dean becomes afraid of everything. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Ghost Sickness. Yeah. yeah. That's a great one. I also love uh, the, the cat jumps out of the yeah. or the bad luck episode. Oh yeah, we're all bad day at Black Rock. That's a really good one. Where uh, we meet Bella. Yeah the the um, he throws the thing. I'm Batman, and yeah. the the tin or whatever it is goes into the barrel of the gun, but steps in gum, loses his shoe down in the. <laughs> Uh, storm drain, everything else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's funny you say as far as that being a Bella episode, um, because the one that had come on before that episode, uh, was the one where uh, they're in the dream, like they are taking the dream route. Stuff. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and and they're in that, and they come back out of the dream state and realize that Bella's stolen the colt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if they were playing anything in sequential order. It's been a while, and of course, uh, Katie and I have to catch up. And if it hadn't been for the fact that she'd been working the last couple of days, um, she, of course, working from home. Us, in a sense, of course, working from home. Um, She hasn't had the opportunity, but uh, could have been watching a few episodes, uh, binging some some episodes to get caught up, because we still, neither one of us, have fully watched uh, the entirety of the, the show. Really? To begin with. So, yeah. 
uh, I think one of the last things that we had um, really gotten into was the uh, Leviathans. It's the worst season. Or, or just beyond the Leviathans. And I think yeah. that's kind of what like got us kind of out of it is because some of the writing was just Yeah, it's, it's the worst season. Uh, or was it beyond that when there was Metatron before that or after that? After that. Okay, so we did make it through that. So we made it to Metatron where um, you wind up seeing the, the guy that played Booger in the Revenge of the Nerds movie yeah. is playing the host of God. Uh, Dean Sam. Yeah. I'm Metatron. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the I doesn't the one guy that uh, is writing all the 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 fan books about the guys and all the stuff that's happening. Chuck. Yeah. Uh, turns out that yeah, Chuck turns out that he's God. Yes. Yeah. 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 Craziness. We'll have to get back into it. Great show. Well, Great guys. Before we get too far uh, into tangents and everything else, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Cocky Dot Podcast. Uh, on behalf of all Paul Chowder and Daniel, I am forever to the game dot Brian saying we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, Follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts, and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe, or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio, as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.